It's Thursday, April 14th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Hidden Gems, Charlie Travers, from Stock Advisor, Jason Moser, and from Motley Fool Global Gains, Tim Hansen. Guys, good to see you. Thanks, Chris. Couple of hot IPOs and some trouble in Toyland, but let's start with the first hot IPO. Zipcar, the car sharing service, went public this morning. Shares were priced at $18 and soared more than 50%. Charlie Travers, I will start with you. Does Zipcar's business justify the stock price? Chris, I have a policy of not buying into hot IPOs on story stocks, and I'm not going to make bah. an exception in the case of Zipcar. <laughs> Kill I know. Bye, yeah. bye. Hater. <laughs> Uh, this is a capital-intensive business that's, uh, as of yet, still not running a profit. And I'd like to see things settle down uh, for a bit on the share price. And, you know, it's, it's, that said, this is a company I like a lot. You know, I, I use Zipcar personally. You know, I'm sure everybody on the, uh, you know, radio here could listen and, uh, you know, relate to this. Uh, it was about a year and a half ago, my wife and I had a 10-year-old car, and you get that repair bill where you make the tough decision. Do I want to keep sinking money into a money pit? Or do you, you know, most people decide to buy a new car. Well, we, we made the choice here in the D.C. area. You know, we have a wonderful metro system and, you know, great public transit to go with Zipcar as our primary source of transportation when we need a car, and uh, we haven't regretted it at all. I love the company. I love the experience, and you know, it, it, the company's successful because the value proposition. If you do the math on car ownership costs, you know, we've saved thousands of dollars by not owning a car and just using a Zipcar when we need it. So I love the business, but I don't like the stock. I was going to say this. This sounds like a ringing endorsement to not buy the stock. It's like, <laughs> wow, I love this business so much because it's so cheap. Well, so they have eight thousand cars in their fleet, and you know the deal is when you rent a car, you pay an hourly rate, and that covers the gas and the insurance and the ownership costs. So they have a mix of owned and leased vehicles, and this is a very expensive business for them to run, and that's part of the reason they're not yet showing a profit. And so when they have to rely on financing to uh, bring new cars into their fleet, and you know some of the marketing expenses, that's it's why I wouldn't like it as a business, but the customer experience is fantastic. Tim, what do you think? I actually just have a question and a comment. Yeah. My comment is that I think Charlie's really overselling the, the state of D.C. mass transit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it would be as accurately described as superior, but... I, I would say coming from the Midwest, it's enough. great. On a relative basis, yeah. it, it, can, it can look good. Uh, my question Atlanta. is, bigger money pit, Zipcar stock or a 10-year-old jalopy? Ten-year-old jalopy. My, my old Eclipse had a, a, a leaky moonroof and a transmission that was going out. Yikes. Uh, Google Ventures, which is the venture cap arm of Google, um, they're, they're dabbling in this space as well. They've, they've backed a company called Relay Rides, which is sort of similar, except uh, it has the... <laughs> a it, much dumber name. <laughs> yeah, a dumber name, and it has the added experience of um, it's, it's actually your own car. So essentially, you can I, I can take my car and sign up for relay rides and then during the day someone can just come in and and just use my yeah, car. Yeah, here you were thinking you're going to like take your wife out for dinner and a movie and somebody signed up to use your car and you're like sorry honey. Uh, no yeah, I think that's the scariest part of the proposition is at least with Zipcar it's a relatively impersonal uh proposition. I mean just people are coming to use Zipcar's cars but I don't know that I really want to know who's borrowing my car. I mean <laughs> right. I had a tough time letting you know, certain people borrow my well, car. Well, I mean, you're but... sitting here in July in the D.C. heat and some sweaty oh, guy eating his McDonald's right in your Let's car. Let's just stop right there. So, so safe to say that uh, no one in the room right now is is excited about Zipcar's stock as, as an investment. Not at this price. No. 
Moving on to our second hot IPO, Arcos Dorados, an independent franchise operator based in Argentina, also went public this morning. Shares were priced at $17 and gained as much as 27%. Uh, Tim Hansen, our international guy, what do you think? Well, you failed to mention what it's a franchise of, which is McDonald's. So this is the world's largest uh, Love the brand McDonald's operator. Uh, Arcos Dorados actually means golden arches in Spanish, for okay. those of you who didn't pick up on that. <laughs> um, and, and they account, this one company accounts for about 5% of McDonald's global sales. And even though it's based in Argentina, um, about half the revenues are coming from Brazil. So the, the IPO is up about 20, 25% today. Obviously, there are a lot of big investors out there looking for more emerging markets, consumer exposure. And that's what this company is going to deliver. Um, from my perspective, very interesting company. I'd be more excited about its stock than uh, Zipcar stock. <laughs> no offense to Zipcar. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it does look, uh, the commercial in me does think it looks a little expensive. Um, it's not that profitable, even though it has a lot of sales. You can blame sort of rising food and packaging costs for that. And I think from a fast food standpoint or quick service restaurant standpoint, <laughs> as they like to be known, from a QSR standpoint, um, Latin America is more saturated than I think most people would think. Uh, there are a lot of places in Latin America, whether it's from vendors or from places like McDonald's, to go and get a, a fast, cheap meal. Um, so maybe the, the growth ex- expectations people want uh, may not quite materialize over the long term. Uh, but I, like I said, I think that's probably going to be more of an opportunity for investors to maybe buy if, if this company does disappoint some people right out of the gate. I was going to say, from a growth potential standpoint, don't they – almost have to just keep opening as many as they can? Um, yeah. I mean, if you're a shareholder, that's what you're looking you know, for. I you're mean, looking for projections uh, on how many McDonald's are you going to open right. over I mean, the next three years. Right. I mean, you look at McDonald's years. already. It's an $80 billion company. Uh, just, I mean, McDonald's as a whole. So, it's not... Arguably, there are there are two opportunities for this company going forward. One is to is to keep opening stores, and you know, big markets like Brazil are getting wealthier. They're going to be more and more consumers. So, there is an opportunity to open more stores, but I think the other opportunity lies in sort of the deficiency that I talked about earlier, which is that it's not that profitable. Um, interestingly, this company bought all of McDonald's's Latin American operations in 2007 for just $700 million. And now it's four years later, and they're IPOing at a valuation of about $4 billion. So clearly they made a pretty good deal four years ago. I'm not sure why. What McDonald's motivation was for selling for seven hundred million four years ago? It may have been that it was an unprofitable part of the business. Mm-hmm. It may have been they just wanted to focus on some other things. But clearly, the operators at, at Arcos Dorados have done something right, and if they can continue to improve profitability, that's another catalyst um, for the stock. Okay, so of our two hot IPOs, um, you're slightly warmer on Arcos Dorados. Uh, than this is Zipper. definitely one that's on our watch list. We we started talking about it as a research team yesterday, just because you know, as Jason said, you know, anytime you can get a great brand like McDonald's in in, in some really intriguing markets, I mean, you have to look at it. You know, whether it's you know, and that's true of looking at Coke bottlers in places like Nigeria or China, or looking at you know, Walmart. Um, as they try to expand in Africa, anytime you can get a great brand and a great operator in an interesting market, it's always worth a look. Valuation is going to tell you whether or not you should buy or not, but like I said, always worth a look. Finally, Hasbro, the second largest toy maker in the world, reported a 71% drop in first quarter earnings today. 
Jason, the stock is not getting hit too badly. What's going on with Hasbro? It's, yeah, it's it's not getting hit because, I mean, if you think about it, really, it is toys. And, I mean, Hasbro has a pretty legendary name there as far as toys are concerned. But, I mean, I think there are some valid concerns with the company. And, you know, first and foremost, you look at the cost of producing these toys, their games and puzzles, and even their content. And the cost of producing all of this is going up, and sales aren't necessarily following. And, I mean, if you look at it over the past three years, uh, just their top line, revo- top line revenues alone have been relatively flat. Uh, and with costs of producing their toys and content going up, you know they're seeing their uh, they're seeing operating margins getting squeezed, and that was actually reflected in about a three percentage point drop this quarter. Uh, but I think this lends itself to a bigger part of the problem, which today it's just the it's it's the power of substitutes that's that's out there versus what was out there thirty years ago. I mean, thirty years ago, it was it was not uncommon to sit around the table and play a game of Monopoly, for example, with your family to to pass the night. Uh, today, it's it's just not that same way. I mean, technology has put uh, more things at kids' fingertips at, at certainly a much younger age. I mean, I have I have two young daughters, uh, six and four, who are already hit me up for iPads. Um, you know, and and I, I did you give in? Not yet. <laughs> now I did buy my wife one for her birthday, and we're still waiting on that. But the worst thing is. Uh, the girls are actually coming home every night asking, Mom, is her iPad in yet? Is her iPad in yet? So I, I don't know how much she's actually going to see that when it does come in. Well, one of the weak spots for Hasbro was girls' toys. Those sales were down. So I think I think the Hasbro shareholders would appreciate it if you would buy your girls some toys. I buy them a lot of toys. But the thing that actually <laughs> the thing that concerned me was that with the strength in the boys' toys, was due to, uh, it was due to these Beyblades, which, I mean, are just pretty violent-looking chunks of metal that just, they, they are like spin-top metal I'm discs. I'm sorry, what, what were they called? Beyblades? B-A-Y-B-L-A-D-E-S? I believe so, yeah. Bay and what Bay do you do with them? Or B-E-Y, but they're Throw like spin... They're spin <laughs> I mean, naturally. Right? Yeah. <laughs> spin-top toys that look like they could really hurt someone. So they're awesome. So that's, yeah, why, exactly. that's right. why, and Tim, you get to look forward to this kind it's of like stuff, right? It's like the old-school right? metal lawn darts before they made them plastic and wussy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. Yes. Old-school lawn darts. Are really awesome. If yeah. you don't have those in your shed to break out on the Fourth of July <laughs> like, or on Derby Day, yeah. you're missing out. Sticking out of the side of the shed because yep. it impaled it. Yep. Uh, one silver lining for Hasbro this quarter: sales of boys' products uh, were up 25 percent for the quarter. Included in that, uh, Hasbro has got the Transformers, um, also Spider-Man, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, um, which which leads to the question that I think. You're not going to hear asked on CNBC or Bloomberg or anything like that. It's only on market foolery that you get this kind of insight. Spider-Man, Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man, they go into a cage match. Which one comes out alive? So ponder that for a second. Let Did me you run just, through those choices one more time? Yeah. So Spider-Man, who's yep. obviously got superhuman strength uh, from the radioactive spider that bit him, uh, can cling to surfaces. He's got his spidey sense, all that. Uh, Thor... Is a god, so amazing <laughs> yeah, strength. That helps. Overrated, the right? ability to throw lightning bolts, uh, that sort of thing. Iron Man, genius level intellect. He's got the amazing suit, Tony Stark. Uh, and, and frankly, as I think Bill Barker once said on A Market Foolery, he gets a lot of hot women. So that, I don't know that that helps in the cage match. And then there's Captain America, the, the original super soldier. Uh, amazing strength. He's got the, uh, the, the shield that helps him. Um, uh, I think he also cooks a mean pot roast. So I, I so so those are the four. Which one do you think is coming out, Charlie? Uh, I will go with Captain America. I really? Yeah. Wow. wow. Fighting communism. What's more important than that? <laughs> yeah, but he's got to fight Thor and Iron Man and Spider Man. 
I mean, you, you think he's coming Thor's out Thor's probably a socialist. Yeah. So yeah. That, that would be, <laughs> they would fight about that. Wow, okay. Jason, sickle, right? Jason, what do you think? Jeez, uh, I guess I, it would either be Spider-Man or Iron Man. But, you know, I'm going to have to go with Spider-Man. I think he's he's pretty nimble, you know, shooting that web everywhere. I think he'd probably lock down Iron Man if he if he really needed to. And, uh, man, i go Spider-Man. Tim, what do you think? You know, I, I, points off both Iron Man and Spider-Man for being portrayed by Robert Downey Jr. and Tobey Maguire, respectively, <laughs> the past couple of years. I, you know, I just – if you're a real superhero, you're demanding you're demanding better representation than that in your Hollywood movie. <laughs> So I think that leaves, by process of elimination, I think that leaves Thor. I mean, as you said, he's a god. That, that really? alone. That, I mean, everybody else is sort of a mutated yeah. human, is, aren't yeah. they? I don't know my theology that well, but I'm, I'm going to bet on Thor. Yeah, I think I think the uh, – do we want to be sending the Captain America message to kids? Because really, Captain America is basically just jacked up on steroids. I think, <laughs> right. I think that's the lesson there. And a shield, too, right? Yeah, he's got the shield, which I'm, I'm – other than that, I'm not entirely yeah. sure what he's got going on. So, yeah, I think Thor with the – Positive uh, attitude. Yeah. A can-do attitude. <laughs> a can-do attitude. <laughs> I highly encourage you to go to the Wikipedia entry for Captain America because it has the very first comic book with Captain America from 1941 – which uh, depicts Captain America punching Hitler. <laughs> and, I mean, what's, what's better than that? That's, mar- that's marketing is what that is. That's phenomenal marketing. All right. Hitler getting bitten by a radioactive spider. Now, that would be... You know what? Marvel's got a lot of freaky... It's uh, all of a sudden got yeah. very dark. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're going down the wrong road. Tim Hansen, Jason Moser, Charlie Travers. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Be sure to check out Motley Fool Money this weekend. Our guest is Ben Stein, man of a thousand careers. He's got a new book out, so we'll be talking to Ben Stein. And yes, I can promise you there will be a little Bueller, Bueller activity in the interview as well. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.